Ooh, welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Trixie Valentine, and they are do uh they were a part of the weakest link, which is amazing. Yes. That's so exciting. And plus Obviously, a fabulously flawless drag queen superstar. <laughs> so glad to have Trixie back on the show. They are my uh, great friend. Um, we've been friends for <laughs> years now. And uh, I'm so glad to have you on for a third time. We always do this in June because June is Pride, you know, it's Pride Month. So uh, it's definitely something we should be, uh, you know, celebrating and, you know, talking about. And this is what we're going to be talking about as well today. Um, some questions might be similar to the last two interviews, just, uh, you know, as a follow-up. Uh, but let's uh, do that refresher question. Let everyone know what made you decide to get involved in, with drag. Like, what made you want to do this? Yeah, as a recap, um, drag has uh, originally just started out as a creativity outlet for me to express myself, perform in front of people. As a reminder, I used to be a geek belly dancer with the troupe Antipode and go to conventions. I used to do color guard. Uh, I did theater and I did all these other outlets. And like drag was that thing of uh, I'm going to do something more and creative and express myself in this way. And has turned into a huge platform now where I now get to, you know, be authentically myself in the sense of like being creative and looking fierce and fabulous. But then like now I get to tell stories to people and listen to people and motivate people and inspire people. It's just been nothing but up a uh, hill in a good way um, for since I since I started. So drag now from what it was to what it is. It's just been uh, now I have a voice. Now I have something I can do that inspires other people to want to come out, to want to tell people like this is who I am, and I'm I'm in for it. I'm I love this journey. Absolutely, I absolutely hate making your promo flyers because it's so hard to pick which picture to use. They're all that's so amazing. <laughs> I'm like doing it for like at least thirty to forty five minutes, like try looking through your pictures and like, do I like this one? Oh, I really like this one. Oh wait, this one I like this one. I don't know what to use. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do look good. I did not always look good. It took a lot of time to look this good. I've been doing this for over nine years now. Next year is my 10-year anniversary, so I have no idea what I'm going to do to celebrate 10 years of drag, but I don't have to cross that bridge till February of next year. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that'll be great. Oh, my God, 10 years is, is amazing. Like, that's absolutely amazing. I, I think we've been friends for almost 10 years, too, which is crazy, or mm -hmm. close to it, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is amazing. Um. As I mentioned earlier, uh, June is Pride Month. Um, so why is Pride Month so important for those people that don't really understand what this month is, why it's celebrated? Yeah, so it's very interesting because I get this question every year. And I think it's it's an important one to continue to ask because the, the importance is always changing or growing. And it's like originally, right, Pride wasn't a celebration of, you know, a party. It was a riot. It was making sure queer people stood up for themselves finally, you know, against uh, what laws were put in place against them, against the social barriers that uh, formed to like prejudices or discriminations were towards us. And that's where Pride originally stemmed from is saying enough is enough. We're not going to be treated like second class. We're not going to be treated as an other. We're going to be treated as a human. And so now it's shifted and changed into this, these giant uh, understanding of visibility, this a lot more um, ways to get 
platforms. Pride to me, I have also seen as a way to have a platform for queer people, for LGBTQA plus people to now speak on some of their lived experiences and continue that narrative of like, we're not going anywhere. And I think it's more important than now from some of the things that are kind of happening in the news. Like we we need to tell people like, we're still here, regardless if you think we shouldn't exist, regardless if you think we have a mental illness, like get your facts straight as a queer inclusive sex educator. I don't know how many times I have to constantly uh, correct people on like, let's actually talk about what we're saying here because I don't think you fully understand. So pride has now become a an event uh an awareness and it, and it shouldn't happen just one month a year even though it is pride month like we as queer folks are celebrating our our life every day yeah um so absolutely and uh this is a, a new question i don't think i asked this the last two times and uh it's a question that that is important because it bothers me when people say that there's no straight pri- like straight month like there's pride but there's no straight month so for people that are saying that, like, and I don't know, maybe they're saying it as, you know, as something of being uneducated or maybe they're saying it as a way to be big, you know, to be a bigot against it, um, you know, homophobia and transphobia and all that. So what would your response to them be? Why there isn't a straight month compared to pride? I mean, here's here's what I, I have two answers. Because my first answer is if you want one, go have one. Right. Ain't nobody gonna stop you from having. Ain't nobody. Nobody is stopping you from celebrating your sexuality or your right. gender identity or any of those things. Why? Because it's the norm. It's what um, we are constantly told. Like this is the normal rhetoric of how somebody's supposed to behave in or be. So for me, my first answer, I would, I would just tell someone, so go have one. Like if you think that's, if you think we're just here to celebrate um, our sexual orientation and gender identity for the mere for the for the pure fact that this is just what we're celebrating you're missing the key points of like no we're celebrating because we've been oppressed uh historically marginalized outcast uh harmed killed right like these are all things that have happened specifically because of our gender identities and sexual orientations and for those who are straight or cisgender right like you are not going out like no one is going to be killing you or putting policies against you because of who you love even even with people that are straight, like men and women, like they hold hands walking down the street and nobody bats an eye. But if two men or two women are doing it, it's like right. dirty looks. Right. It's dirt. It's dirty looks. It's, you know, oh, you know, I, right. like the eye rolls, the scuffs. Right. Um, and it's not it's not like we can't like I, the normalization of just, uh, you know, people holding hands together in like a same sex uh, or appears to be same sex or same gender um relationship is just still till this day I, i'm like you still worry depending on where you are where you, you live and i mean i live in northeast pa and there are places i'm like mm, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's for sure northeast pa um i think it's getting better <laughs> i mean we, we are i mean i i may have something to do with that but we are growing we are getting better yeah, we will be getting into that because i know uh you you do have a big part of northeast pa uh celebrating pride and just in general not just during june but throughout the year which is really exciting um and i i even asked you about the, how should i do my uh, introduction that's all improv i always do my introduction improv i don't write that stuff down um so i and i'm the first to admit i'm not the greatest with pronouns like i i always mix that up and as you can see in my opening intro for this interview i was a little i was trying to think of how do i word it properly because it's all about respect 
Yeah. Um, which goes into my question about pronouns. Because if you're talking about an ever la- ever changing thing, pronouns are changing because it's becoming more popular. It's becoming more more appropriate, like to identify somebody. It really is because I mean, you can't like it's just about respect. So, what would you say to people on why um, using proper pronouns is appropriate and respectful? So, uh, I, how I teach this and how I tell people is in the understanding of like. Um, pronouns a are not new I'll just put it out there a lot of times people are like pronouns are new and it, it's not like we've always had them actually the singular they has been used since the 1300s yeah um, it's just become more common to actually use it in commonality language yeah. you know communication but I could just say seventh grade English <laughs> like does right. you learn in seventh grade English right so it's not new <laughs> however there are new pronouns out there I will say mm-hmm. that there there are there are neat uh Neo pronouns, yeah, they're called neo pronouns. It took me a minute to figure out what the mm-hmm. prefix of it. So neo pronouns are new pronouns that are out there. So yes, there are new ones. But regardless of a person's pronoun, the reason why it's important is so when we have our names, our names tell everything. They our names are the reasons why we're able to get like you know IDs, a job, um, housing, right? Like when you go into the bank and open a bank account, like our names are attached to everything we have, and so our names are very important to us. The pronoun is literally supposed to replace the name in which we are, you know, referring to a person. So if you are respecting my name to such a high degree of this is who I am, um, as a person should, which we don't necessarily have to get in there because, you know, some people do change their names and stuff and you should be respecting the name that someone tells you. Um, But with that, pronouns should be equal to that same respect, right? So if my name is Jacob, which it is off camera, I'm Trixie now, um, but my pronouns are they, them, right? And so when you're referring to me because you're referring to me, you should be respecting that with that, with the proper pronoun and usage. Absolutely. And uh, I, I know with me, uh, I've been uh, teaching, um, you know, I just started teaching again because I'm going back to grad school and I'm a teaching assistant and that is helping me pay for grad school because I don't want to go in debt anymore. So yeah. so I've been doing that as a, as a side gig. And one of the trainings we have is using proper pronouns um, because it is a thing now because on every application it now asks you what is like pronouns that you use. Because it is a respectful thing and people like you can't just assume somebody's pronouns, just like you can't assume somebody's gender. You can't assume somebody's, you know, whatever they are. You can't assume that like that. It's just not you can't do that. Um, So we have a proper training on that. And they always told us, like, you know, uh, if somebody tells you that this is their pronouns or this is their name, this is what you call them. But legality wise like for example if we're um if we have to put grades then if they're if they're assigned that's what their name is that they wrote in that's what they do but if they tell you that is my legal name but can you please call me this name because is what i go by um then you have to respect that and call them by that name yeah it's really all about respect um so I guess well, I'll also add it, it's it's beyond a little it, it's respect. Yes. The general difference. I'll also add, though, to that. It's um, it's the normalization that trans and non uh, gender nonconforming and non-binary people also exist equally. And so they're the, using pronouns and going about it in the way like normalizing conversations and pronouns should not be taboo. Yet it is. So. So there is that also like tactical strategy of normalizing 
language because yeah. language is adaptive. So I also I just wanted to add that out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if and people when people say that, oh well, I don't want to call somebody by the, those pronouns. Well, you, you call them he or go to him or say she. You're still using pronouns, even if it's the wrong one. So what's wrong with using the right ones? Right. <laughs> yes, that part right there. Right. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not that complicated. Like if if you aren't, and that's where my next question is going. If you aren't familiar with calling somebody uh, by uh, or asking them for their pronouns, and you just say him, but they say, um, well, "Can you please call me they?" Or can you know? Then respect them and you and, and be you know use the, that proper pronoun. You know, and that goes to my next question, where if somebody is unaware of somebody's pronouns how do they approach them without offending them or how can they ask appropriately and respectfully without having to offend somebody so honestly um it's kind of there's a few different ways but if we're in a situation where we just don't know the person referring them to as a gender neutral uh pronoun like they or them is kind of the way to go because then you're not assuming or putting the emphasis on their gender right away mm -hmm. um asking right like hey i just want to be able to address you appropriately right so um you're automatically putting it out there like why are you asking and that's called transparency and i don't think enough people practice transparency in their communication because mm -hmm. really that's a lot of what this is is sitting there going hey i'd like to address you more are can you tell me because everyone thinks the golden rule is treat people how you want to be treated which is not a, the golden rule the, the golden rule that's higher than that is treating people the way they want to be treated yeah and so in this kind of instance is that it's hi i just want to make sure i'm going to make you feel comfortable making sure that you belong make sure that you're included making sure that you feel accepted and if th that is me taking a step just asking for your pronouns or asking how you'd like to be addressed. You know, if someone gets upset because you asked, that that is their baggage. They there is there is their baggage on them. I have had that happen to me. They're like, why are you asking me pronouns? You should know based off of the way I look. And I'm sitting here like, okay. So you didn't answer my question, but we have a different conversation to have. Are you having a bad day? Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> It's true. And there are people that do get upset about that. And it's one of those things that like, as, as as common as it may seem, it's not as common as you would think, because just what you see doesn't mean that's what they identify as. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. And I, and I also think there needs to be a level of leniency on both sides. So like, even for me, a lot of the one of the questions I always get is, how do you how do you address people who don't know you who use the wrong pronouns for you that are in passing? So like a server or someone that's like a cashier or, you know, someone that's just trying to be very polite and is just in passing. And for me, I don't actually get upset. Um, now, if I look like this and ain't nobody calling me he, I look good. There's yeah. No way. <laughs> right. But in my, in my day to day, there are times I don't look androgynous. I do look more masculine in my appearance or male presenting and so with that, a lot of people will just call me he. Mm -hmm. And it they don't mean any offense to it. Like, right. and I'm like, is it frustrating? Yeah, a little bit, but not like in the sense of like, oh, I'm so mad. It's just like they don't know me. They don't know the world. Like that there's a leniency to there. So I'm not gonna get offended right away. But if they're a person that's reoccurring in my life, that's like coworkers, family, friends, then I might be like, 
you are a person in my life. You should know who I am. You need to fix that. And there is that level of leniency that needs to be happening uh, for my side. But also on the other side is people need to, you know, hold themselves accountable when they're trying to learn saying, I just want to learn. So you need to do the steps to learn that. And you can't just say you want to learn and then turn around and not do any uh, work to you know, grow or yeah, to do the same. Like I said, I'm the first to admit I'm not the greatest with pronouns, but the first I'd known you for a while. I knew what your pronouns were, but I asked you what would be the appropriate way to introduce this to like introduce that so I can, I can do it respectfully and honor, you know, not really honor, but just like respect your, who you are, your identity. Yeah. And, and the same thing with any podcaster or any news outlet, like you're having them on your show, do your research. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy you said that. I have a lot of people who do articles on me or write about me. I actually tell them, I'm like, hey, these are my, like, they don't even have to ask me. I just tell them straight up front. Like, I'm like, hey, these are my pronouns. And then I read the article and I'm like, well, I must have not wrote that down because they got all of this wrong. Wow. Yeah. And that's the first thing that I learned as a podcaster is you know who you're interviewing and you know about their body of work. And you know who they are as a person. And if you aren't sure, then you ask. Because there's nothing worse than doing an interview with somebody and it's on camera or in writing and you completely mislabel them. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so going back to drag, um, first off, um, a lot of people say that, uh, you know, the whole um, that drag is like, I guess, feminine or, you know, all that but we know that there are masculine people there are straight people that do drag um and there's a lot of straight people that enjoy watching drag shows and there's a lot of, you know drag is, is an art it's really an art form so i guess my question is for those that don't understand why drag is such a beautiful form of art um how can you how i guess explain to them why this is something that isn't in your face so to speak you know it's, it's actually an art form just like drawing and sculpting and painting yes so drag, I, I don't think enough people know the history of drag mm-hmm. um, at all. And so drag itself <clears throat> used to be a hidden, <clears throat> excuse me, a hidden art form in like these city ballrooms or not even just city ballrooms because there is the ballrooms, but then there's like, uh, they used to have these hidden gay clubs that, you know, um, no one would really know about. You'd have to have like a secret code to get into it, sort of say. And they would do drag there and it would be, forms of expression um and essentially you know different areas of of where you know women dressed up as men or men dressed up as women that's that was the general sense back then in the day and it was a way to just uh you know let go have freedom express who we are and then it evolved into learning like you know some people are actually doing this in self-discovery and then like turns out they're transgender or um at the times they use terms like trans uh sexual and those kind of things so you know when we look at the language and body around it like drag itself originally stemmed from identity to art form of expression. And now we are using drag to tell stories, uh, to, you know, create an atmosphere that is fun. It is upbeat. It is going. If no one has ever been to a drag show, you are missing out. At least try it one time. But also drag is not for everyone. I'm a person that's like, you know what? Drag is not for you if you don't don't go to the drag show. But don't be shaming people, you know, for going because I tell people all the time, I don't I don't like football, but I over here it's hard. Don't go to the football game, even though, you know, there's high rates of people getting concussions and hurts and all these other things. And I can be like, 
we really shouldn't do football because people get injured. No, like live your life. They're fine. They have, you know, professionalism just as much as I have professionalism in my craft of what we do. And as an art form, performance art has always been around. Human nature has always had performance of arts. We have it in theater. We have it in concerts. We have it in music. We have it in dance. And drag is just another element. Uh, where we get to change some of the art forms around it, and it's yeah. we're supposed we're supp- this is this is human nature. This is literally like what we do. It's a muse. It's been around forever. Like uh, cavemen used to do artwork on the walls, right, and right. show those kind of things. Like that's the form of art that we identify now as yeah. like this is the art back then. I was like, what? So why why right. is this so taboo to say like your 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 um. What, what do people typically tell me? You know, harmful. This is unacceptable. And I'm like, it's, I'm literally performing. Like, like I, when people I, are doing I, paintings and sculptings, they actually have an, an actual human being, a yes. human being naked, and they're they're drawing them or sculpting them or whatever. Yes. And that is that is art. That's not, that's not you know, classified as quote-unquote nudity or pornography. That's actual art. Same yeah. thing with drag. Like, drag is an art form. It is, it's just as, as good as sculpting and painting. It's a beautiful form of art for people to actually have fun and entertain. And it's, just, it's, it's amazing. And I, I don't do drag myself, but I love watching drag. I love watching, you know, people look so beautiful and seeing them create the costumes and or buying the costumes or picking out the wigs and all that stuff. It's amazing. Yes, I, yeah, 100% agree. I absolutely love it. And it's just growing and it's taking off. But also drag, uh, there's so many uses to drag too. And um, it's a sense of freedom. I, I I don't know how many times I meet people who do drag for the first time or just once. And they're like, that was such an adrenaline rush. Like, I can see why you love it. And it's, yeah, you are in the moment. You are in your spotlight, but you are giving everything in your heart. So like you're feeling something inside when you're performing. Yeah. And if you're not, then I hate to say drag is not for you. You should not be performing if you right. are not just out of your passion and love for what's, what you are feeling. Yeah, I, I think the closest I've done drag was Halloween a couple of years ago when I was Cruella DeVille. And I'm not going to lie, I absolutely loved putting on the black and white wig and, and the fur coat and all that. It was it was amazing. And I get, and if I had that adrenaline rush just for myself for a little Halloween party, I can right. imagine what it's like actually going on stage and performing just music and all that. I, I mean, it's just amazing. It's just, I don't know, it's hard to even describe. It's just flawless like i don't i can't do what you do they oh thank you thank you thank you absolutely um so as we mentioned uh this is pride month and for those that are wanting to experience pride month what would you recommend to the community and its allies to do throughout the month because there are some things that aren't i guess age appropriate but what would things be good for the family so people that are saying i have kids that i want to experience this so we can get you know experience this type of i guess this platform so they can see what these people are celebrating. Yeah. So uh, there are many different events that happen in different communities for us. We have um, three different prides in our area. Um, actually we have our pride in Berwick, Pennsylvania, second year coming up uh, this Saturday. You know, we have, we actually have one that's not this month. It's actually in October because we celebrate LGBT history month, but then we also have the one in Lewisburg, coming up we have a we have a lot coming up right and in any of these prides 90 percent of them um actually no i'm gonna say 100 percent are family friendly and if 
here, here's why I say it this way. Now, I've been to some of these city pride ones like New York and Philadelphia and like they're they are prides. They are they are what you see on TV when, you know, but you will also see different areas of queer culture in them. And so I think what people things that people think that it's not kid friendly or not family friendly is when you get into like the king community. So that's very heavily in the cities, right? When you go to these larger ones. Um and to me, the only thing I have to say is you can't say it's not family friendly because they're they have families themselves. Yes. Like their 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 parents themselves, you know, they have families themselves. So it's just for their family, not for your family, and that's okay. But right. our prides that we have back at home, we don't it's it doesn't have that level of diversity right. when it comes to queer culture, but we are still celebrating. Um a lot of the people who do come are people from the LGBTQ. Uh, community but also allies we have so many allies that come who just want to learn more or get connected so i'm i'm there because i end up connecting with so many parents and children and youth members and leaders who are just like wait can you help me and like we have a dialogue we start learning and talking and they're, they're like you know pride month is one of those things to get connected to build network to build trust in your community but it's also to listen to the narratives out there because a lot of these communities uh events for pride this year for this month have speakers go support those speakers listen to their stories you're going to i i don't know how many times i've had to tell my story and people go that happens in this town i'm like yes we're like it didn't go away it just you are just you're just not seeing it. And I think that's one of the best things about pride is that people need to do and go is listen yeah. to these stories um, and have fun. Like it is a celebration. When I say have fun, I mean, literally have fun, enjoy, laugh, um, talk to people, you know, you may not uh, get to talk to every day, see, you know, who's represented out there. I hug, this is also the month of hugging for me. I hug so many people at pride. So I'm just like, uh, there is a level of people want to feel like they belong and they want to feel loved and they want to know like it's okay who you are because we in some of these small, small town areas and small town prides there is a scarcity of like how much visibility we can have before we feel that pressure of you know thy neighbor and or some of these people that are out there that just do not like us. Absolutely. And it all comes down to one word because not every pride parade or pride event is going to be for you. So it comes down to one word, research, research. If that pride event is for you, because it might not be, and that's okay. Not every, every event is going to be designated to you or, and, or your family. So always research. If you do research and you still have more questions find out who the organizer is find out whoever's in charge reach out to them email call whatever you can do and find out what it is because if you don't do your research you're not going to know and that's how people i guess you could say in this day and age quote unquote get offended because they don't do the research on certain things and then and that's that's really their fault at that point so you have to just research 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 yeah. 100 percent. because what i'm finding is also the people going to pride and then uh who then turn around and dictate how that pride should be running is typically uh non-lgbtq plus people right yeah and i and i'm like pride wasn't made for you pride is literally for us to show we are existing it is it is literally the celebration of um queer people and if we look at like the rainbow flag the original rainbow flag has 
uh, eight colors, which have eight significant meetings. And those significant meetings that Gilbert Baker um, made was literally to show the beauty and diversity amongst queer people. And those eight colors represented different areas of who are like nature, love, sex, healing, magic, you know, all of those things were built in for us for that flag. And that's where pride stems from. That's why it's the symbol of where pride comes from, because we are celebrating all of who we are, not just like one aspect of who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, just research the pride you're going to, because not just so you know, it's not if kinks aren't your type of thing, then don't go to the prides that have kinks. Right. It, right. You know, not every pride event is going to be for you, but go, but all, but yet you're not going to know which one you are able to, that you are familiar with or would like to go to and celebrate if you don't research. And that's where it all comes down to. It really yeah. does. Although um, I will say if you, they, they don't like drag, then just don't go to pride because almost every pride has drag. So um, now I will say the one this weekend, we do not do drag, actually. Okay. Um, but it's the it, literally it's a pride me and a good friend of mine started. The reason why we don't want to is because we wanted to change the atmosphere of pride. We want it to be mm-hmm. where you can just relax and enjoy good music and conversation with people and kind of turn the atmosphere into a community setting. Absolutely. And everybody that's going to be watching this, if whether or not they know you are probably thinking, wow, they are so knowledgeable. How are you so knowledgeable? Well, there is a reason why you're so knowledgeable, and that's because you have a degree in in this type of thing. I believe it's sexuality and gender studies, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, human sexuality education. Yes, yes. there you go. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. So um, what do you learn in an educational institution regarding this field that makes you so knowledgeable? Like, how do they test you? How do you like, how do you le- learn about this stuff? What is it about? Tell us. Yeah. So I'll give a shout out because I'm currently a PhD student with the same school. So I got my master's now. I'm going for my doctorate. Yes. But um, Widener University has an amazing human sexuality uh, education or and or philosophy and or therapy uh, track. So you can become a sex therapist or a sex educator. And um, what we learn is a variety of foundations of sexuality, right? So we are learning the basics of sex and sex education. And that is, you know, you have your anatomy, your biology, your STIs, you have all of that. But then you also have the understanding of uh, development of lifespan. So how we develop throughout life and the psychology behind it. We have um, the areas of understanding gender identity and uh, gender and uh, masculinity and femininity in these broad aspects and how uh, the intersexuality of who we are. So a person's race is going to impact their sexual orientation and gender identity. Person's age is going to impact all of that. Person's ability is going to impact all that, right? And so we learn all of these uh, skills and who we are as a human nature because uh, we are sexual beings, even if you're not a sexual being or practice sexual being, which would be asexuality, that's still a form a, of sexuality in itself. And so being sexual beings, uh, we it is channeled through everything because then we learn, you know, communication dialogues and sensitive issues, right? And then there's other areas of trauma, right? We have to learn trauma and how to manage trauma and how we heal from that because there is sexual violence, dating violence, and, you know, harassment and all these other things that come into play. And in my master's program, that's what we learned. We straight up learned, you know, how we went through these navigations. There, There is some censored stuff that I 
I don't know if this is appropriate platform to talk about, but there is some heavier stuff that we actually go through in the course as well, um, because we have to be desensitized, so to say, around such heavy topics and then reintroduce. So there is a there's a level of exhaustion of like going, oh, I in challenging. I my biases have been challenged to a degree that most people have not, which is why I'm so comfortable talking about this and how I can teach it. And that's the goal, right? We're supposed to, as educators and go forward after your degree to be like, oh, you know what? We're going to talk about it. We're going to make sure we get comfortable uh, or uncomfortable to get comfortable of learning. And, you know, the degree itself has, or not the degree, the, the courses, the program itself yeah. um, has taught me, you know, these levels of broad, broad forms of sexual, sexuality foundations and so my PhD actually taught me that but more on a research basis since I'm uh currently doing that and um it's intertwined in every discipline the the program I, I wish I could say it's more than one pro, uh discipline but there's psychology sociology communications biology uh anatomy um and you know areas of uh scientific research and so Basically, not, a whole bunch of majors just thrown into one major. And, and specifically around human sexuality. And right. for me, the what I did is because I, I knew I wanted to be a uh, pillar of knowledge for LGBTQA uh, experiences. Like, that is where I then focused, right? So every paper I did, right, I was like, I'm going to pick a different topic. And I did a whole timeline on, like, HIV, but the wine right and uh, understanding like where that came from and then like starting in the 1981 and going all the way till today um you know same-sex marriage where did that come from from the legality purposes to the standards of how we're getting married and then how we actually understand marriage and relationships and then how then you know the next topic is about communication and family dynamics and like the the program itself uh anyone that is interested in going into it from listening to it you pick what you want to learn when you have these assignments and then that leads you forward to being able to apply so much so for me I knew right away the area of focus I wanted to do and I took every opportunity to expand my knowledge in so many vast uh, areas so because there are different areas of those who are sex educators or queer educators um, and you know we can't do it all so I applaud everyone that's doing it but for me that is yeah, that that is my program. I know it's a long answer, but I'm just sitting here like I don't like. There's so much to it. There is so much to it. Absolutely, and just to let everybody know, I uh, told Trixie this uh, before we started filming, but uh, my ring light is the leg is broken and it's all the way over there and it won't stand up straight, so I couldn't put it on. And I don't have any light on this side. The chandelier's on that side, so as it gets darker outside, I'm disappearing gradually, but, uh, just to let everybody know that, but, uh, also that is all we have for the, uh, the LGBT portion. We're going to be going into you as a contestant on the weakest link shortly, but before we go into that, I'm so excited to talk that, but before we go into that, I just want to let everybody know, uh, one thing, cause you mentioned about HIV and all that. So one thing, if you, uh, for everybody watching this, it is very important to get tested. Um, I just went to uh, I, I went to my uh, like my regular family doctor. I finally got set up with one here in Baltimore. It only took four years. <laughs> but uh, but uh, she asked me uh, if you want to get an STD and HIV test. And I'm like, well, absolutely, because I, I, I don't know where I where I stood like, you know, because I haven't been tested regularly. And I did. And I'm glad I did, because I, I mean, I, I have nothing. I'm clean. You know, I'm negative. I shouldn't say clean. That's not appropriate, but I'm negative. Um, but uh one thing you have to realize is that 
just because you don't have any symptoms doesn't mean you are negative or positive. So definitely get checked because this early detection is amazing because it's so advanced medically and it'll keep you healthy. Um, just throwing that out there because a lot of people and you're, you're one of them that told me that you, you straight up told me that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I'm over here. Like you go, because I was like, I remember when you used to reach out to me with all these questions. I'm like, you definitely paid attention to everything I told you. So I was yeah. like, work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the one thing you, and that's the one thing you did tell me when I was, when we really started first started talking was, and that's another thing I want to mention is, and I caught myself about saying clean because if you, you have, if, I you have like, HIV, yep. if you have HIV, it doesn't mean you're not clean it, it or dirty because you're not. It just means you're negative or positive and you can still live a normal life, whether or not you're negative or positive. Yeah, there's there's I think the realm of sex education that I love most is around STIs and HIV. It's where I started. I used to do testing and case management in that field, and I still have a passion for it. But get tested. That's the only way to know your status yeah. um, for sure and certainty. And then, um, you know, uh, barrier preventions, right? Like, look into taking PrEP if you're PrEP. And for those who don't know what PrEP is, it's a medication you can take uh, daily. And I believe they now have a shot that you can take monthly awesome. uh, that helps from uh, contracting uh, HIV. And then also condoms right like or you can even do periods where you're abstaining from sex so like uh sex abstinency as a lifetime thing is not really that great but you can have periods where you abstain from sex which if you're not having sex you're not contracting anything and those are different methods in ways that people can definitely reduce that risk so get tested and know that like you say, an asymptomatic, that's what we call it when you don't get signs or symptoms. Right. And you might get a, you might get a symptom of say HIV or another STD or STI, but it could be a million different things. It could simply be just like, you know, a virus, a bacterial infection. It could be anything. It doesn't, it, you can't assume. So the only way, as you mentioned is get tested, get tested. Really? It, 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 it's, it, it, it's scary. It really is. It's a scary thing, especially when you don't know, but yeah. It, it, I, it's good in the long run yeah i for me i know yeah i it's definitely um it can be concerning <clears throat> i try not to use the word scary myself because i don't want people to fear right. that knowledge of like they contracted something because it, it's not the end of the world right. but at the same time if you're trying to take responsibility in your health and as a person who is going to engage in intimacy or sexual intimacy with people that's your responsibility yeah so it really is. It really is. Now on to weakest link. Before we actually go into the production value, because I do want to ask about that, because I've always wondered how that was on game shows. But I I need to talk about this right now. Jane Lynch, icon, icon. I freaking love Jane Lynch. Uh, yes. How was it being right there, having her right there looking at you, insulting you? So I love Jane Lynch. And when she walked out, I'm, I maybe it's just me and I, I'll take this ego anywhere. But we connected the entire game. The minute she walked out, like, I don't know if it's because I was dead front and center with her. Like she smiled every time she was with us and even now the camera's rolling or going on. She was so fun. So great. And I absolutely loved her. I got to talk to her a little bit after the show because spoiler alert, if you didn't see the episode, but we, we did make it all the way to the finale, but I can actually say this now. I did not win. So I apologize for anyone. You should still watch the episode. I, I didn't get but, a chance to watch it, but I definitely is on my radar. And yes. it's funny because my former HR manager at Kmart way back when we're really good friends. And she said to me, she goes, 
Scotty, do you know that there's there's these twins that are from Berwick? I'm like, oh, you have no yes. idea. I said, I'm going to play with one of those twins. Yes. And she Dang. goes, oh, my God. Well, they're wearing heels and they look beautiful. We sure did. We absolutely, they ate it up. And I lived my best life on that stage. We looked good, me and my twin. Um, and the, Jane phenomenal human and she she is actually really make make her the her character is supposed to be harsh because when the cameras weren't rolling so she was so encouraging to us she's like y'all doing a great job keep going keep doing it when the cameras were on y'all stupid and i'm just we loved it it was just like oh okay okay we got you we got you and so so amazing so what is the production value like uh on set because what we only see, us as viewers only see, is what is happening on, on the screen. You you all answering the questions or insulting you, you get eliminated. So tell us how the production value behind the scenes is. And, and when you get eliminated, like, how do they, like, when you talk to the camera, you know, like, when you're just there um, after the elimination or whatever, how does that, how is that filmed? Yeah, so... Um... We, so there's, first of all, there are hidden cameras everywhere. Cause there, when we were watching, I wa- rewatched that show and episode. I didn't even know there were cameras that were angling towards us uh, because we see this like big one that's in the center. That's like, like it comes down to all of us and it zooms in. So that's how you get to like where we vote and everything, which is amazing. And, um, but uh, you like the, the set is, is huge. So it, if anyone thinks it looks small on TV, it's not, it's a big set. It is huge. Um, and you like walk down and you go through the tunnel and then like right after you get pulled into this room and then like they ask you questions and go about it in that kind of way of like, you know, you were the weakest link and they, they kind of ask you and you have these, this small interview and that's kind of like after you get voted off and when you see what people are talking about, that's what happens, um, for it. And then like the, uh, leading up to it. Right. So all the casting producers we worked with were so amazing. So they were so nice to work with. Um, and they, they just were all encouraging to like, they told us we need to speak up more and they, they would come down actually between each round, they would come to you and say, just like, no, James, why don't you talk to you? Right. And here's what she potentially could be talking to you about. And they, they did give us a little heads up of like when she was going to talk to us. It wasn't all the time. There were a few times she just, she just went for it. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, but th- that when we were t- telling about our stories, like when she goes, tell us a little bit about you. They came down and they, they would let us know, like, they're, like since there's eight of us, they'd like let three of us know, like, these are the three that got picked to kind of say a little bit about themselves. And so they it was have fine. Like a time limit? Yeah. So, well, it took seven hours to film that okay. episode. Wow. Yeah. So um, each round itself, I think it starts at like two and a half two and a half minutes and then 10 seconds are decreased per round but that wasn't the like long part the rounds were super fast um well except one round uh, so as a twin episode we actually <laughs> we caused some technical issues on set because there's timer set and our timer couldn't keep up with us because there, you know when um when we do the banking thing, we have to do it within a certain time. But because she had uh, Jane Lynch has to say two names and not one, there's like a se- two second delay, and so we were trying to bank that money or something, and like the we were looking up at the time because we can see how much is in the bank and right. stuff, and it wasn't going through. And I'm like, what's going on? So there was a round where they had to stop production for like an hour and a half to figure out this timing solution and stuff, wow. which was 
they were like, this is, this has never happened before. And uh, we loved it. It was great. We were all laughing, like leave it to the twins to always break stuff. Right. So it was just so good. And um, they were, yeah, it was just the, uh, the production was so amazing. We did start, like we had to be at the studio at like 6 a.m. Oh. And then we went over all the rules and stuff. And we did, we actually, so we did our last interview. So um, we had three total interviews to be on the show. Uh, they scouted us out from Twinsburg. Me and Harvey Daniels uh, went to Twins Festival last year. And there was this photo of us on <laughs> Instagram that someone saw. They reached out to us and were like, we'd love you to be on the weekend link. And then we did an interview. They loved it. We did another interview second round um and then like in one of the interviews we actually did questions so like how well are you good at trivia and then the third round is uh the day of they invited 11 sets of twins but only eight are on the show we all met with the executive producers they asked us questions and i felt bad because i was like we, we, we flew all the way out here got ready gotten dressed everything we're right before we even get into the stage and now we have a chance of not even making it onto the thing wow. if the executive producers don't like us but obviously they they loved us like obviously who would they like we looked good we we were we had good personality energy and i mean for anyone that watches that i love harpy if she sees this she'll say it herself i carry the team but i just i'm very knowledgeable i like trivia i go to trivia every tuesday so nice nice um so uh for any oh, first of all i guess was jane lynch in when you met with the executives or you just met her the first time on when you were filming filming like we all stood there and they're like we just saw jane walk onto the set um, <laughs> it was awesome. just like there she is there she is so it's awesome so i'm gonna ask this question selfishly because i don't know and i want to watch it where can anybody that wants to watch uh your episode of the weakest link where can they watch this I'm so yeah so streaming services now that you can use for it is peacock um now if anyone is trying to figure out peacock is i believe only like 5.99 a month so if you're only looking for my episode awesome and i want to let everybody know that they are running a sale for an annual subscription if you get get it for a year you have to pay up front but it's 60 percent off so instead of i forget what the price is but it's 60 percent off um i don't know if they're doing it now but when i i signed up for peacock because i got a free with comcast but then i'm like i'm paying over 200 dollars for cable and internet I'm just gonna go to internet. <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna be able. Yeah. So, uh, and then and now Comcast isn't even giving Peacock for free anymore. They actually took it off. You get a discount. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when I signed up for it last September, you, if you sign up monthly, it was like one ninety nine a month, and then you get it. Uh, and you get it for an entire year for that price. So in September it'll be up. I don't know if they're running that sale again. Keep up if you don't have Peacock. Keep an eye out because they do have sales like that. You can sign up for free, but. A lot of the stuff on there is not free. Like you do have to have a subscription to access a lot of it. They have like very stupid. I don't even know if stupid is the right word, but like shows that aren't good. Like just like, you know, like one of the, like, I don't know how to describe it, but just like really shows that pe nobody really would watch that are yeah. on the, on the free platform. So make sure to uh, definitely subscribe because I love Peacock and they have the whole WWE category. Big wrestling fan, you know that. I'm big wrestling. Yes, fan. yes, yes. They have that on there, they have Days of Our Lives. I'm a big soap opera guy, so they have Days of Our Lives on there, and they have a lot of content. They have Everybody's Dreaming, The King of Queens, and of course, The Weakest Link. So definitely check that out. And I, we're I should first... be getting royalties from Peacock. Here. Right, I was like over here, like you better go advertise for them. Um, I, I, we are the premiering episode too, so we're the first episode of season three, which was a huge phenomenal thing to have, yeah. uh, and do. And so I'm super excited. 
Um, I will say I have not watched a single episode after my episode, even though there's two episodes I do want to because this season had drag queens on there because we auditioned for both being twins and drag queens. Nice. Um, we were only allowed, to, they only selected us for one of them, which was twins, which I'm kind of happy. I'm glad I got to see the twin side. And I did do a shout out for being a drinking and sex educator and Harvey got recognized as, you know, the uh, Navy drag queen. And so... Absolutely. And, and I think it's it's better for you guys to, uh, for, for, you know what I mean, uh, for you, I got you to uh, to uh, actually be on the twins episode because, yeah, the drag queen show would have been great, but you both got to have the twin bonding. So, you know, you get to experience it together, which is just priceless. Yeah. And I've never felt more stressed than a game show. But what I do again, yeah. So anyone watching that has a game show and wants me on it, I will always say yes. Because when I tell you it was so fun to do, it was stressful, like yeah. stressful, but I would do it again. Like it was so fun. Absolutely. That's amazing. And uh, like I said, uh, I'm not going on the Peacock spiel again, because at this point I'm charging them. So, 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 uh, but definitely check it out. Um, I will be watching it. Um, I hope I would like to watch it tonight. I mean, I really would while I'm editing this interview up, I would love to watch it while I'm editing it. That'd be cool. I don't do much editing, but a lot of it's just saving it. The saving part takes forever. It's like an hour and a half to save. Um, But, but yeah, so let's uh, close things out. I had a great time. This is so much fun. Um, What do you have to promote to everybody? Do you have any websites, social media accounts, uh, you know, drag shows coming up? Uh, I know it's pride month. So there's probably a bunch that you got in the work. So give us, give us the, uh, how should I say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Juice. The juice, the everything, uh, ironically that you say that, because let's get juicy. So if anyone actually wants to learn me about me, the work that I'm doing, my business or anything, go to juicywithjake.com. Um, you'll see my business, you'll see my drag page and how to get a hold of me. And if anyone wants to book me, that's also how you do it as well. Um, so that's because, why I said juice instead of tea. <laughs> so I got you. We, you know, we get, we get juicy. And so that, that is the number one place to do it. Um, and I'll actually give you this shout out because I wasn't going to announce this till I actually got my package, um, okay. but actually uh, self-published a book. Nice. And so it's officially up on Amazon and there's other platforms. I'm soon going to have it up very soon, um, but it's called Tipping is a Must. And it is literally for anyone. Uh, it's 100 tips to be able to create a better drag show and understand the perspectives of audience members, drag queen performers, backstage etiquette, venue owners, and fans of drag. Because it's, it. I literally was like, I'm just going to write all these tips down that I give at every show when people are, you know, when you have that audience member that's like, why is this inappropriate? Well, get this book, you'll find out why. Like, yeah. it is the hard truth of like, you know, and there's some good ones in there, but like consent is so important. And it talks about like, that's a tip of making sure you have consent on a show. But I just want to do that plug also. It's my big thing that's coming out. And you're hearing it first here because I haven't told anyone. So yeah, yes, yes. With Slasher Scotty, um, tipping is a must. It is found currently on Amazon uh, as a book, but also you can get it on Kindle. Um, and, uh, that's my big project. I have a few other big projects coming up. I can't necessarily talk about, I have a lot of shows, like a significant amount of shows. People can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, uh, TikTok, actually all of them, you can find them under Juicy with Jake. Uh, although Facebook and Instagram, I have Trixie Valentine. Um, I only kept one TikTok account because it's already hard to manage that 
one. So I was not trading two. Yeah, I, uh, I have like six different Facebook accounts. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's very. I have my gravestone films. I have Slasher Scotty, the Scotty McCoy author. Like, there's so many of them, and it, it gets it does become a lot to manage. And and when you have six Facebook, then you have six Instagram, and then you have yeah, it, it just, yeah. It's, it's a never ending process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like two Facebook, two Instagram, done, done, and, and TikTok came. I was like one, and then I'm currently, you know, trying to. Well, look at YouTube. I haven't decided a lot. So many people want to be like, how do you do your makeup? And so many people, like, even this makeup today, yeah. people are like, why? How, show me how to do it. I'm like, mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to have to start, like, filming my makeup and putting it online. And I have to get a Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll probably, I technically have a Twitter. Will I use it? No. Right. <laughs> Twitter is probably my least favorite, even though that's the only one I'm verified on, and I don't pay for it. I promise you, because I do not pay for petty things like that. If it's not real, I don't want it. Same, you got work for it. You got to earn it, right? <laughs> so that's the the only one that I'm verified on. I don't even use it really. Like I barely use it. It's like okay, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Trixie, for joining me. Uh, before I let you go, just to let everyone know. Um, you can if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. And instead of saying subscribe, you have to slash that subscribe button. So don't forget to do it. And uh, you can also share on social media, like it, comment, whatever you want to do uh, on all of our audio platforms, which is like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those other podcasting platforms. Rate, comment, like, subscribe, share, whatever. Um, and then, of course, you can get my merchandise. This is one of the shirts I got. Um, you can get it from my merchandiser, virtual merch booths uh, on the Slash Scotty section on there. You can get your merchandise. Um, top quality work. Um, I have so many cool different uh, designs on there that they made for me. Um, of course, I got my book. Uh, this is uh, published by Bear Manor Media. Um, uh, put together, thank you to three iBooks of my my uh, literary agency for uh, setting me up with them. And it is a foreword by Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, it has 13, no, 16, I think it is. Yes, it's been a while since I did, did this thing. This is my third interview since hiatus in January. 16 original interviews. So make sure to get this and it has thousands and thousands of trivia questions as well. Um, so make sure to pick this up. You can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, Walmart, um target and anywhere books are sold um and then of course i have to show oh wait before i go into this one i'm also on cameo so make sure to uh if you want to give a father's day shout out or a birthday anniversary heck if you don't if you are in a relationship but you don't want to be in that relationship anymore and you're too afraid to break it off with your partner i'm willing to do the deal for you just book me on cameo <laughs> there you go I'll do it. and one last thing i got my funko pop i don't know if you can see it that well because it's so dark Ignore the messy room. If, if I can get it up. I don't even know if you can see it. But my Funko Pop uh, for Slasher Scotty. It is not available to buy yet. But it will be. So keep an eye out on my social media platforms. And of course like me on Facebook. Instagram. And my verified but unused Twitter. <laughs> you better work. I know. I have such a long spiel that I go on at the end of everyone. I'm like, I feel so bad for these people listening to me ramble on. But thank you, Trixie. It's been an thank honor and a pleasure to have your beautiful self on my show. I love having you on. And I love how you uh, always look so fabulous on my shows. I feel like I'm so worth it. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. You have a great rest of your night. You as well. All right. Bye. <laughs>